Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Hello and welcome to the Basketball Addicts Podcast. Today, we will be going over a really good one today. This is me, part two. You guys heard part one last week, so this is me, part two of the series. This series is basically about coaches, man. We're breaking down the team talent of what they were last year, comparing it to the coaching talent, then explaining, you know, maybe the XYZ team, could have done better with a better coaching talent. You know what I mean? We're going to really give you guys a breakdown because a lot of times people only judge a coach by wins and losses, but that's usually not reflective of what he's actually doing. So, yeah, that's going to be a fun one today. So, Chris, are you ready to start talking about this? Do you have anything to say before we, before we start getting into this? Let's get to it. Let's get to it. Okay. Well, the first one is a, is somebody that's going to be really fun to talk about. We're going to talk about the Miami Heat first. It's the first team on the mm. list. So we got offense. We got 95 talent-wise, their offense last year. I mean, we got Bam Adebayo, um, Jimmy Butler. You got Gabe Vincent. Uh, I mean, good dear goodness, they have a lot of good guards. Tyler Hero, Duncan Robinson, Max Strews shooting. Yeah, Caleb Martin. Caleb Martin showed up big, too. And defensive talent wise, I'd I'd give them a solid ninety six. Defensive talents for the Miami Heat ninety six. Yes. Um, not quite as good as the year before because the year before they did have PJ Tucker, right? Yeah. So they they didn't quite have that double forward combo. It was more Kevin Love and mm-hmm. that stretch four that they used this year, which which led to them winning games. But you know, still got Jimmy Butler, still got Bam Adebayo, gave Vincent's really great. Um, you know what I mean? So this team still had a lot of defensive talent on it. And Eric Spolstra, man, head coaching talent-wise last year, I gave him 100 offense, 100 defense. I mean, this guy's phenomenal. Yes. This guy, best coach in the NBA. I think we'd both agree on that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, him putting on – even putting him on a 100 scale isn't fair. Like maybe 105 defense, 105 offense. He's just special. <laughs> This guy is a great X and O matchup guy, extremely intelligent, always giving you different looks, understands what your weaknesses are, attacks them viciously, uses Jimmy Butler so well, gets the most of his passing ability, um, really developed. Jimmy Butler's passing ability does not get enough attention. That man can walk his way into eight assists. It's just so Mm -hmm. special. He's really grown so much more into that aspect. Um, he's a playmaker now. He uses Bam out about it perfectly. I can't think of another team that could get the most out of Bam offensively like Miami gets the most out of Bam. But Bam gives you 19-18 a game extremely yeah. consistently. And they really, 
you know, they understand the weaknesses and they play to their strengths, which is the off-ball guard movement. Duncan Robinson off-ball screens, Tyler Hero off-ball screens, Max Struess off-ball screens. Those guys, Duncan Robinson, Max Struess does, doesn't really have more game than that, but defenses have to still think about stopping those off-ball screens because they're still a threat. Right, they're special at it. They understand how to use playmakers. They have so many playmakers last year. They used Gabe Vincent so well. Development of young talent into talent that could play in the NBA championship. Um, this guy's phenomenal. And defensively, I mean, dear goodness, he's an X and O's genius. Matchups, he'll take people's souls away. I mean, they made the Boston Celtics look super simple. They dissected the Boston Celtics offensively this defensively this year in the playoffs. It was insane to watch. They're special. They understand matchups. They understand how to break down teams. Um, you know, they were one of the first teams to build the wall against Giannis. So, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? And it's that's special. This is just Spostra. So let's hear what you gotta say about Spo. Spo is without a doubt the best coach in the NBA in my opinion. Uh, yeah. He's been consistently, you know, a great coach, and it, it's so yeah. crazy that it's like for even with how much talent you think is not available on that team, like he takes yeah. those guys that you may that's like who has a chip on their shoulders because that's who Miami mm-hmm. drafts for some reason. They all the role players are like either undrafted or late first round, yeah. maybe the last person drafted in the in the draft. Like and they yep. take those kind of players. And they mold them into superstars. They mold them into yeah. into stars, and that's just and that has nothing. To, that just has so much to do with the coaching and with the type of environment that has been created there by Spo and by you know the front office and things like that. So, but let's get into offense though. So offensively, Spo is a hundred without a doubt, hundred and five, maybe hundred and ten, because yeah. yeah, you are making the most. You know, out of everything, I mean, for you to have yeah. Duncan Robinson who can't defend. <laughs> Tyler True. Hero, who can't defend. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Max Strews, who can defend a little bit. But like these are like yeah, really key shooters, key scorers in their offense yeah. that have they he really takes and maximizes their potential. I mean, like yes. we've seen a little bit of what Tyler Hero was able to do when he was at I think it was Duke. No, it wasn't Duke. What was the college he went Kentucky. to? Kentucky. Kentucky, when he was at Kentucky. But I didn't think that he was gonna pull that he was gonna pull this. Like he was gonna become this mm. in the league. He was gonna become so valuable to a team. Duncan Robinson was undrafted. Who thought that he would become so valuable to a team through his shooting? Like he is he's like up there when it comes to catch and shoot threes, he's up there. Yes. You know what I mean? Like when you have Max Drew, so they just got and it's just like it just kind of completes the puzzle. <laughs> yeah. Like offensively with their triangle of shooting. And then you add Jimmy Butler. Jimmy what is good what is Jimmy Butler good at? Defense and scoring and passing. He's he's everything. Everything. But his yeah. main thing is that he is a mid-range shot creator. He lives okay. in lives and dies with the mid-range. He's like DeMar DeRozan, but better. It's just he's True. like lives and dies yeah. with the mid-range. And for a coach to recognize that off the top and like don't put him in positions where he has to take the shot that he's mm-hmm. not comfortable with, where he always yeah. has that shot that he's comfortable with. Like, and it's always the shot he's comfortable with. It could be leaning from the side, fade away, and mid-range. It's all mid-range. He's not shot creating from the three. He, he's moving inside. He's going to catch the ball on the inside. That's coaching. That's great coaching offensively. Defensively, Miami has always been a defensive monster, especially since they got Jimmy Butler. And mm-hmm. so in Bam Adebayo, and since they had since they since they got Jimmy and drafted Bam, I mean they've been a defensive monster. I would say that they are not as great as they have been in the past, but that does not take away from the greatness that they do have defensively that has been cultivated by Coach Spo. 
So mm-hmm. I completely agree wholeheartedly. Spo is the best coach in the NBA, and I think that Curry is a close second. Yeah. I agree, man. You ready to kick it to the next team? Let's go. All right, the next team is somebody that we're not going to talk about much since they have a new head coach that has no resumes. Milwaukee Bucks. Last year, team talent-wise, I give them 100 offensively and 100 defensively. Um, it's not that complicated. Giannis, Chris Middleton, Brooke Lopez, Drew Holiday, Javon Carter, Jay Crowder, Joe Ingles, mm-hmm. right? It was just so, Grayson Allen. So Bobby deep. Portis. So deep. Yeah. Bobby Portis. Yeah, good. That was a good one. Yeah. Offensively, defensively, they're so talented. Adrian Griffin doesn't get a rating because never coached before. Um, so sadly, we can't really talk about that. So um, there will be probably a talking point next year because we both think the Milwaukee Bucks probably won't be the same quite team. So um, are you ready to kick it to the next team or you got to have anything to say about the Bucks before we move forward? No, because we don't know about Adrian Griffin. So, I mean, yeah. we could talk about Bud if you want to, but I think Bud's great. <laughs> yeah, me too. All right. You ready to kick it to the next team then? Yeah. All right. The next team up is the Minnesota Timberwolves. Offensive talent, give them an 87. I mean, Carl Anthony Towns, D'Angelo Fair. Russell, Anthony Edwards. You know what I mean? That team's got talent. Not D'Lo all the way through the year, but Mike Conley, I meant to say. Um, so then defensively, we got Rudy Gobert. Um, they got some length like Jaden McDaniels. Tashawn Prince was on that team last year. They had some length. They had some length in Rudy. So Rudy makes them a respectable to a certain amount. And head coach Chris Finch gets a 73 offensively and a 70 defensively. Um, Chris Finch, he gets a 73 offensively because that man, since he's been there, has not figured out how to use Carl Anthony Towns. We have, I mean, that guy, <laughs> Carl Anthony Towns, even when Anthony Edwards was like first year in the NBA, wasn't getting the most touches a game. Wasn't getting the most field goal attempts in a game. Which is freaking wild. Um, you you know he it just looks like he lets Cat Cat just play. It's Cat's talent that's scoring. It's not like okay we have him in the mid range in the mid post in the post and we have this movement offense going around him so that you know there's cutters and the defender can't just double right and the defender may have to think about more than just Cat scoring right. There's just nothing going on. It's a ridiculously stagnant offense. There's no off-ball movement whatsoever. It's so predicated on pick and rolls, guards trying to score, and just it's 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 high school level stuff. Like, oh wow, you run a pick and roll so advanced. I can't believe you do that. Like every other team runs a pick and roll. What else are you gonna do? And it's just a great coach would have been able to figure out how to use cat with Rudy. I uh, look, look, there is 50 years. Mm, nope. Let me go here. 60 years of evidence of how to do this. From the 1940s to the two year 2000, everybody had a power forward that was 6'9", 6'10", 6'11", 7'0", paired with a tall center. Right? So there's 60 years of tape that Chris Finch could have gone into to find something that could have worked. I mean, we've been using the post power forward for years. Elvin Hayes, Calvin McHale, Carl Malone, Charles Barkley, Tim Duncan, and David Robinson. Like, there's a gazillion of these guys, right? So it's not that crazy to think, like, okay, he, all that tape and he just had Cat sitting at the three-point line? 
Cat was just standing at a three-point line. What are we doing, right? It's just a, a terrible use. Um, you know, it's it's just so bad offensively and you know defensively. He just doesn't do anything unique there. I feel like there's a lot of potential this year to have Cat and Rudy be. If you're going to force everything to the rim, it could have been interesting. Cat may not be a world class defender, but he tries, and it could have been like twin towers ish, like kind of like Giannis and. Brooke Lopez, like there could have been potential there to be really long and lanky and we're going to give teams issues, but it was just kind of like Rudy's going to stand at the center position and Cat's going to be at the three-point line because somebody's going to space him out and we're not going to figure out any unique ways. Like maybe you want to throw in a zone. Maybe you want to throw in some unique zones that were maybe a 3-2 zone. Like when you have three people on the perimeter, two people on side so that you wouldn't have to, they wouldn't be able to space Cat out to the three-point line. Like there's nothing creative to make this work. Chris Finch is just not an advanced defensive guy. He doesn't understand X and O's. He doesn't understand team leadership. He doesn't understand winning basketball. This team will always underperform. And uh, yeah, it's just, it's a Carl Anthony Towns misuse from a million miles away. I mean, if this team would be in San Antonio, Pop would had a 51 team last year. Easy, easy, easy. (laughs) Because Pat knows how to coach this type of team. But he doesn't. Yeah. So it is what it is. That's what I'm thinking. What are you thinking, Chris? Oh my God. <clears throat> if you want to go a little further, Jay, you can even say that there is 73 years worth of history. <laughs> yeah. I'm, no, wait, I'm sorry. 83 years worth of history. Yeah. It gets worse. <laughs> yeah. 83 years worth of history that teaches you how to use the power four correctly. If you want to yes. use Cat as a as a old school big guy where he's just going to yes. just turn around, fade away, po- you know, kind of a Hakeem Olajuwon kind of guy because he got the footwork, you know what I mean? And he can shoot. Mm-hmm. Or if you want to make him kind of like a Joel Embiid where he kind of more so like he can back yeah. go back down to the basket, kind of dunk on people, he can be that as well. And even if you wanted to make him a stretch forward, there's history that teaches you how to do that, that you can comp- combine Dark. those yeah. two. You can combine the era of the old school big man and the yeah. era of the new big man into Cat because he can do both. The, the, yes. the offense side of things, and that's where I agree with you the most. Everything that you said, I agree with, right? Which there's not yeah. much we don't agree with that. But here, sure. particularly with Cat, it should ha- it shouldn't have taken this long. And it should like they're literally the fact that it, he's still like I understand that Cat is one of the best, if not the best big man shooter in the in the in the nba right now i, I get yes. it he's, he's yes without a doubt he has the best percentages like literally i understand that but that don't mean set him off in the corner like yeah. what are, what i want to know what the offensive scheme that he's trying to run through because yeah. you have so many small guys right and then yeah. like you can't put cat anywhere rudy clogs the lane so you can't do anything so cat is forced to the outside where if you could yeah. finally if you could figure out some kind of way to kind of make it work where Rudy's there in the post, you know what I mean? And Cat's kind of like maybe free throw line extended or something like that where he maybe can work around in the mid-range. You can make that work, You and you don't have to clog the lane so much. You set shooters around. I mean, we've done this. If there's a podcast yeah. out there right now where we've built a team around Cat successfully. <laughs> True. <laughs> With Popovich as the coach. <laughs> With Pop as the coach. Yep. <laughs> and we've done this. So it doesn't. It doesn't yeah. it's not hard. It's just yeah. whether or not you're able to do it. And, you know what I mean? And yeah. this guy just clearly can't do it. He, how long has he been yeah. a coach there? Too long to I not have done this years. already. I think it that's, might be that's three. That's too long. That's too long yeah. to run the, to be running the same offensive sets. Yeah. You got lucky one year and won, to the, and won the play-in. Had Pat Bev crying like he won the championship. 
one year you got lucky and you have not shown yeah. anything else. Why has Minnesota not fired you? <laughs> Put they somebody else in the place. Yeah. The GM needs to go to as well yeah. because he's terrible at drafting. I mean, Anthony Edwards was a slam dunk. Cat was a slam dunk. Wiggins was a slam dunk. Levine was a slam dunk. But you don't have any of those people anymore. All you have is Ant yeah. and Cat left. Yeah. You, yeah. You, lost, you don't have Levine. You don't have Wiggins. You had Jimmy yeah. Butler. <laughs> you don't have him anymore. Yeah. It's, it's defensively, cool. he's a moron. Because how do you not use the gifts that you have and the talents you have defensively? You have Rudy Gobert, yeah. who was, what, is two or three-time defensive player of the year? Like, sure. something crazy like that. Yeah. Even though it was in Utah and they used him, they used it where they pushed everything toward him and it kind of was like, he didn't have yeah. no choice but get a block. But still, if you look... That's history there that you could look at and be like, oh, this is how we can use Rudy Gobert. But then maybe if I look at the San Antonio Spurs from the 90s, when they had the Twin Towers there, they had Duncan and and the Admiral, maybe you can see how to to work with two big men. A perfect example is Tyson Chandler with Dirk. Yes. Oh, yeah, when they won the ring. Wasn't that 2011? That was when they won the ring. That is when they won the ring. Yeah, Tyson Chandler couldn't post. Tyson Chandler, only lob guy, but he won DPOI. Mm-hmm. Phenomenal rim defender. That's what you have in Rudy. It's the same. More history. And Cat back and at. Dirk are not that different. Like, <laughs> Dirk may be better, but Cat's mm-hmm. that kind of guy, right? Yeah. Both great three-point shooters. Both kind of can float with they the got mid-range, mid-range and knock down yeah. shots. Yeah. You know, like. It's wild. Dirk isn't a dunker, but I mean, yeah, neither is Cat. Neither is Cat, but he can do yeah. it sometimes. You know what I mean? He can float with the inside and get a nice post move. He has good post moves. I mean, more history to look at that has been ignored, and that's why he's not a good coach. Yeah, exactly. I'm so glad we can be in agreement here. Mm-hmm. All right, you ready to move to the next one? That's right. All right, this is going to be some seriously controversial opinions. All right, the New Orleans Pelicans. Last year, gave the team talent a 96. I mean, Zion. Is Zion healthy, obviously? Zion, Brandon Ingram, CJ McCollum, Trey Murphy III, Herb Jones, Jonas Valanciunas. This team's really deep. And then we got defensively, got Zion. You know, we got Jose Alvarado, Herb Jones, Trey Murphy III. Um... Teams really dig out Dyson Daniels, too, who's a younger guy, but he's also a really good defender. Um, And Willie Green. Willie Green, offensively, I gave him a 75, and defensively, I gave him a 75. Willie Green is a perfect example of a coach that is propped up by great talent. And people assume that he is a great coach because of that. It's just... This guy doesn't really bring any edges. I mean, he uses Zion the way that anyone would use him. Zion just plays free, right? He's just a playmaker. He plays. He has the ball in his hands. Nothing unique's happening there. Um, you know, it. and it's just it's a basic NBA offense. It's we have a guy that gets to the rim, and we got shooters, right? It's mm-hmm. very well built, right? You know, David Griffin's done a really good job there. It's tons of length. It's tons of shooting. We got CJ McCollum, David Griffin, got right, highly experienced guy, high volume, ball handler role. 
And we got Brandon Ingram. Brandon Ingram just plays like Brandon Ingram. I mean, there's nothing special going on. There's no wow. They won't wow you with movement. They don't they make you go, wow. They're just, they're just schemes are so great. The way he attacks matchups are so great. Like, you never said that once about Willie Green. It's just a very <clears throat> normal pick and roll heavy offense that's just not special. There's nothing unique going on here. That's just great talent offensively. And defensively, it's the same freaking thing. They got freaks everywhere other than CJ McCollum. Okay? Trey Murphy the third is 6'8 with a 6'11 wingspan that moves. Oh, nope, it did not. We're good. Okay. Okay, so yeah, you know... Trey Murphy the third moves around like it's nothing. It's super easy for him. And then we got uh, Herb Jones. Herb Jones is a world class defensive talent. Six eight freaky as well. Zion Williamson. Have you seen that guy play defense? He covers so much ground. He's a shot blocking threat wherever he is. He's basically like a you know. Shot block, secondary shot blocker, the rib. Jonas Machunas may not be a great defender, but when you got freaks at the forward position that are, and you have Zion, like it's it's not hard to have a good defense. You got Jose Alvarado, guard defender off the bench, like Dyson Daniels, who can also guard. He's like 6'6. Like this team's freaky, long, lanky, athletic, and that's all they are. They're known for being freaky, long, athletic. There's nothing else that you think about the Pelicans. Oh, they break down matchups. Oh, in the playoffs, they do X, Y, Z. No, it's just talent that's brought up this far. So, um, Willie Green's just an average NBA coach. Just completely average, maybe even below average. Like 20, the 20th best head coach in the league. So, what do you think about that, Chris? Couldn't agree more. He's definitely propped up by talent. Like, you have Zion, I mean, when he plays, you know what I mean? But then you also have yeah. Brandon Egram, and I think that he's more of an – he's like a, he's like a pure scorer. He's an assassin. You know what I mean? You kind of yeah. – that's the kind of guy you put the ball in his hands. He just kind of gets – he gets you buckets. You know what I mean? And of course, you have C.J. McCollum. And he yeah. just – you know what he's going to bring. You know what I mean? Offensively. You know exactly what he's going to bring. So, it's kind of just – he has – he just – he was just gifted – a lot of good talent that he doesn't yeah. really feel like he ha- like he doesn't create anything with that talent though. That's the biggest problem, yeah. and I think that's what you were touching on there was that there's nothing yeah. that you go, Ooh, wow, like the Spurs, yeah. like they had talent, but then they was like great at ball movement at one point. You know, that was like wow, yeah. like this is coaching here, or the Celtics of old with Ime Udoka. I mean, like even though they're the same team now, but like he was like wow, Jason Tatum defends now, like that's that's cool. That's the coaching. Yeah. There's nothing that I could point to and go. The coach did that. That's yeah. that's like literally all natural talent. Like they kind of just play pickup out there, and everybody just gets points when they want <laughs> and defends when they want. It's, it's like essentially that's what it is. They all yeah. just play twenty one. <laughs> they play twenty one yeah. on the big screen <laughs> in front of in front of millions of view. Th- um, I'll say tens of thousands of viewers. It's probably yeah. not millions. I don't think nobody's watching New Orleans Pelicans basketball. <laughs> but no, no offense. I don't think nobody's watching. Tens of thousands of people possibly. Yeah. You're just playing pickup. You're playing pickup yeah. basketball. They go out there and yeah. they okay, we go dribble, dribble, pass. Okay, so next open shot. I'm gonna I'll take it. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> it's nothing special. At least when mm-hmm. they had Lonzo, it looked it looked better. Yeah. It looked cleaner. But that was yeah. just it it doesn't it's, it's not given. Yeah. Yeah. Already? You ready to kick it to the next team? Yeah. 
This is going to be a fun one to talk about. Uh, the New York Knicks, team talent-wise, given the 93 offensive lead last year. I mean, Jalen Brunson, Julius Randle, R.J. Barrett, Emmanuel Quigley, Quentin Grimes. Um, I think Evan Fournier might still be on that team off the I bench. Yeah, and then we got defensively. Um, gave him 87 talent-wise. I mean, Julius Randle really isn't that good of a defender. Jalen Brunson's an average guy, but he's smaller, right? RJ Barrett's not that great. Um, you know, Mitchell Robinson's a pretty solid defender, though. Uh, they had Josh Hart, right? Um, so I would give uh, Tom Thibodeau, head coach of the New York Knicks, offensively an 81 and defensively a 96. Um, Tom Thibodeau, 81 offensively, though. Let's take this with a grain of salt because Tom Thibodeau used to be like 60s, 70s offensively. He has come a long way. They definitely run a lot more pick and rolls. They used to be really pass heavy. Not pass heavy, but the the ball would move, but nothing would be accomplished. It just felt like it was a very rustic offense with nothing really unique about it for a while. And the way they used Jalen Brunson, R.J. Barrett, and Julius Randle all at the same time, you know, the, the more volume threes, the more unique, uh, more recent schemes that they've been running and using off-ball stuff, and there, there's movement. And it was just – it was definitely growth uh, from Tom Thibodeau offensively. It's, it's a pretty average, above-average offensive coach now. And, you know, defensively, though, he gets a 96 because – that team played much better defensively than the talent that was on the floor. Okay, let's not act like that's not what happened last year because they were respectable in the playoffs and they were, you know, playing at the team talent like a defensively at like a ninety-one, but the team talent was an eighty-six, and that was because of Tom Thibodeau. Tom Thibodeau is great X and O's guys. He's always been like this. He's always been really great defensively. He understands matchups. He understands how to teach defense. Everybody always tries, puts 100% effort. They communicate so well. They might not have a lot of great talent other than Josh Hart and Mitchell Robinson, but they did it with um, phenomenal coaching from Tom Thibodeau. So he gets a ton of respect for me defensively. He's also – he grew a lot offensively this year. It gets a lot of respect for me that way too. So uh, that's what I think about the Knicks. What do you think of Chris? Yeah, <clears throat> yeah, I agree with that as well. Because I, I think that the biggest tale of of, a, of him growing offensively is how he seamlessly integrated Jalen Brunson. True. Like yeah. it just seemed like he just always just fit on that team. Like Jalen Brunson yeah. is like one of those high volume scorers mm-hmm. can like go get you a bucket and things like that. Yeah. And then you kind of just you figure out a way to integrate him easily, and then mm-hmm. you figure out a way to make R.J. Barrett work because you slide yeah. R.J. Barrett sort of kind of out of position now because normally yeah. he's kind of a ball handler, kind of that kind of guy because he has a pretty decent IQ as far as that, yeah. as far as playmaking. So you kind of just move him out of the – you kind of moved him out of his normal position, but then you still make that work because I think they yeah. moved him to the three this year. I yeah, and it really worked. And it moved really worked. Three, and it really worked. Yeah. It really, really, really worked. And they went pretty far. I mean, yeah. I, I have some qualms about that because they beat Marquez. You know what yeah. I mean? <laughs> but the beat was fair and square. <laughs> they did beat us fair and square. And yeah. then you have, like, I mean, and then they've turned into such a young, deep team. Yeah. Like, it's crazy. And that's coaching because I think it's yeah. quickly, right? And I just remember watching the game, which is a quick tidbit, watching the game. Yeah. And he's just running down the court, killing us. Back, yeah. and forth, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. I'm like, that is coaching. Yeah. It's definitely coaching. Um, 
but definitely yeah. to be able to you know maximize the talent that's one of the key things of a coach um that i yeah. like to see and i see tibbs being able to do that especially because he has grown offensively i mean once again integrating jalen brunson making yeah. the correct adjustments to make rj barrett still as effective if not more effective than he has been in the past yeah um and then also Julius Randle. I mean, Julius Randle has always been a pretty solid guy, but I think under Tibbs, he's grown a lot more yes. offensively. Yes. So that's that's you know that's yes. really good. Um, and defensively, um, I mean, he's great. He's great. What else yeah, can you say? I true. mean, to have everybody yeah. buy into playing defense and to mm-hmm. playing defense hard and to give it one hundred ten percent. Yes. on the defensive side of the ball because a lot of those guys especially like Jalen Brunson you would expect him to just be a one-sided player and not a two-way player I mean a one-way player yeah. you would expect him to just okay I'm gonna put all my effort on the on the scoring side but I'm gonna mm-hmm. kind of be lackadaisical but you even see him give an effort on the defensive side as well yeah. and that, that's that's um that's nothing but a testament to Tibbs coaching yeah. defensively so definitely give him yeah. props for that so I agree yeah, and a perfect example of this is no year in Tim Thibodeau's career would Emmanuel quickly be what Emmanuel quickly was this year, right? He gave you 16 a game was in like six man of the year conversation. If you haven't watched Emmanuel quickly, he takes a lot of deep three-point shots. He's a high volume, really ridiculously tough shot creator. And Tom Thibodeau's uh, viewpoint of what was a good shot and what was a bad shot wouldn't have allowed Emmanuel quickly to get those attempts up. But he'll his offensive growth is a good example of his ability to allow Emmanuel quickly to have that freedom that he had last year that led to a great six-minute success. So it's another really good example of his growth is, you know, you, the way he accepted Emmanuel quick, quickly's play style. Does that make sense? Yeah. 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 All right, you ready to kick it to the next team, or you have anything else to say? Let's hit it. Okay, um, the next team up is the Oklahoma City Thunder. Um, offensive talent wise, to give them an eighty-eight. Defensive talent wise, is a seventy-two. Most people have no clue who the Oklahoma City's head coach is. So I'll say his <laughs> full name: Mark uh, Diagnolu. It's a tough name. D a i g n e a u l t. You try to say that. See how it sounds. Um, <laughs> Offensively, I give him 88. Defensively, I give him 74. Offensively, he gets an 88 because have you watched the way? I mean, they got so many ball handlers and passers. What's so tough about it is Shake Elgish Alexander, when he was with CP3 and Wood 4, they got Josh Giddy and Jalen Williams was a six to seven assist game guy where we're like, man, Josh Giddy can score, but his pass pass is the best abilities like passing. Like, wow, he's such a good passer, right? So we're thinking Josh Giddy's gonna be a passer who can score. Now he's a scorer who can pass, right? But you know, his you gotta give that head coach a ton of credit for a lot getting Josh get getting Shagos Alexander where he is now. But what's really phenomenal about it is Jalen Williams, when he came out of the draft, I was like, man, that's the best passing two guard in the draft by far. He and he was that in the NBA. Like he had a great year. He was the best version of Jalen Williams that could have been this year. High volume passing, high volume ball handling. And to get all of that work with Josh Giddy, who's a phenomenal passer, basketball IQ guy all working in the same offense at one time and also getting the most out of them development-wise is extremely impressive. That was like, wow, okay, this guy's really good. Because all those passers to work at once and ball handlers to work at once is way harder than it sounds. Okay, so 
Um, he gets a ton of credit for that for me personally, man. Uh, defensively, he gets a 74 because they do try on defense. It's not like doing anything unique. Uh, but, you know, uh, this guy is really good coaching-wise. So uh, what do you think, Chris? Yeah, yeah, yeah. To see see what, you know, to see Shay, Giddy, and, and, and um, to work really well together, especially because yeah. I was seeing the coming out party of Shay. I think we talked about yeah. this, not last year, but the year before, year. where he was like, he had yeah. a great year. Yeah. A great, great, great year where he was just like killing it. Yeah. I mean, he was, you know, playing phenomenally well, I think. And then when we saw Josh Giddy, I think we were like thinking that, okay, he's going to be more of a passer kind of guy. Like he, where he's going to be like the primary ball handler. We're going to see yeah. him like kind of just passing, kind of getting people involved. But now he's turning to this guy who's like also a threat scoring wise as well. And that, that's yeah. like, and that's just. Now you have so many weapons to use and to be able yeah. to have these guys so young and they're developing and they're getting better and better every yes. year. And now OKC is being looked at like, wow, OKC might actually be a threat coming in the next couple of years mm. because True. everybody is, everybody sees Shea, sees Giddy, and sees the young talent they have and they yeah. go, I don't know. I chat to it. It's interesting. Them. Yeah. It is. And I'm like, I don't think I want to play them. But he's like... I wouldn't want to either because they're just going to kill you. They have so yeah. many different ways to kill you. I mean, I'm sorry, to dismantle you. I put it that way. Dismantle you. Yeah. Passing-wise and scoring-wise, they can dismantle you like crazy because they just yeah. all just have very high IQs. And, that's, and you know, that's one thing that can't truly be taught, but it can be cultivated. And I believe the coach did a very good job True. doing that. Yeah. So, um, and defensively, like you said, I don't, you know, it's nothing too special to, to you know, to it's nothing to wink an eye at. Um, the bad yeah. eyelash at either. It's just it's it's a defense and it works. It's a functional defense, so yeah, definitely yeah. I can I can see a seventy five there. Okay, sounds good. Ready to kick it to the next team? Let's run it. All right, from one young developing team to another, we're going to talk about the Orlando Magic. Team talent wise, last year I gave them a seventy seven. Got Paolo Bencaro, Franz Fogner, the guards, uh, Wendell Carter Jr. And defensively, I gave him a 69. And uh, Jamal, mostly offensively, I gave him 87. Defensively, I gave him 84. I mean, this guy does a phenomenal job. I've been talking about how good Jamal Mosley is for years. This guy is a great young head coach. He's so good at using schemes and using different ways to get players open. He's so good at using, you know, even Marco Foles and Cole Anthony to get in the pick and rolls and the way that he, year one, got Pablo Bancaro to grow to grow more as a playmaker, 6'10 guy, and the spacing that they had on the floor, and to also still allow Franz Wagner to be at point forward while playing with Pablo Bencaro was extremely impressive. Um, and then you add Wendell Carter Jr. to all of that scoring-wise and three, and spacing and all the stuff Wendell Carter Jr. does. It was extremely impressive to watch. Um, and then, you know, so that's why he gets an 87 offensively. And then we're going to go to defensively 84. This guy gets them to play really good defense. They'll throw in some zones. They'll throw in some different looks. They play very competitively. You know what I mean? Jalen Suggs has been the best version of himself defensively. You know, they, when they had Mo Bamba, they used his talent extremely well for us, things to the rim. He was almost leading the league in blocks when they were playing with him. So he's just – he's very good. This is a very, very – very good young coach for the Atlanta Magic, Chris. Um, yeah, 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 definitely, without a doubt. Um, I, I love how, you know, just the young talent that he had there, especially with Paolo Bencaro, Jalen Suggs, Wendell Carter. Um, <clears throat> I just like what he was able to do. I think they even had Bull Bull at one point, too, or they still – Yeah. Yeah, because they – Yeah. I don't they cut him. Anymore. 
McCollum. Yeah, yeah. But it's kind of like we were seeing different levels, different offenses, different schemes, offensive schemes, and different players like really shining so much, yeah. especially with Paolo. I think Cole Anthony is on the team too. Like they yeah. have a lot of young talent. And he always has been, and, and since he has came into the league and started with the Orlando Magic, um, he he has um, been able to maximize the potential yeah. of every player, um, especially like I mean, like Paul Bencaro wasn't truly raw, you know what I mean? He was a number one pick, no. so he had to have some kind of like you know he got to be you know have some kind of talent, maybe, talent, advanced talent, talent, yeah. advanced NBA talent, ready talent. NBA ready. That's a better word it's a better phrase nba ready talent you know what i mean so it wasn't like he was extremely raw but still to be able to you know coach that you know that caliber of player and get him to what you had him as last year and then you have a player like bowl bowl who was like who sat on the bench for majority of his rookie season and even after that and he did have him come in and now you look at everybody's looking at bowl bowl like wow where did this guy come from you know Mm -hmm. and just to have, you know, so I think offensively, I think what he's been able to do offensively with the talent that he had is fantastic, and I hope that they continue to grow um, defensively as well. I mean, like you have all you have these defenders on there, you know, you have guys who are willing to buy into the system and defend well. So I think he's great. Yeah. 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 Alrighty, you ready to kick it to the next team? Next team up is the Philadelphia 76ers. Team talent-wise, gave them a 96 last year. Tyrus Maxey, James Harden, Joel Embiid. Um, not a lot of great depth behind it. Shake Milton, you know what I mean? Not, not a lot a lot of depth there. But defensively, I gave them the 89 last year. You know, Peter Tucker, Joel Embiid, really special guys defensively. But James Harden is so terrible. <laughs> old James Harden. Uh, yeah, that guy can't defend that to save his life. Okay, so yeah. then uh, coach-wise, Nick Nurse. Nick Nurse is the new head coach of the 76ers. Offensively, I gave him 97. Defensively, I gave him 98. This guy's been, you know, oddly underrated after winning a ring. Uh, basically, the Toronto Raptors are a team that people view as a team that did should be better than what they were, and that's why they fired Nick Nurse. Well, it's not his fault that he had to put Scotty Barnes, who can't shoot mid-range jumpers reliably, with Pascal Siakam at the same time, right? Like, that just didn't fit because spacing is so important in the modern NBA. And it just did not work with those two together at the same time. And, you know, he's got forced to have to coach Yaka Pirtle. But that guy got the most out of that team for so long. Let's give that man credit for uh, turning Fred Van Fleet from undrafted to Fred Van Fleet, right? Okay, let's give him some credit for getting second-round draft pick Pascal Siakam to go from nobody knows who Pascal is to, oh, he's on an NBA championship team. He's a very good player now. Right, and then we go into the next year, and oh, Pascal's twenty and whatever. And then the year last year, Pascal was averaging like 25, 10, 25, yeah. 8 and being a phenomenal defender. Nobody cared. Nobody cared. <laughs> like, like, let's give him his props. OG Ananubi went from bench player to OG Ananubi. Every GM wants him. <laughs> OG Ananubi, right? Mm-hmm. Like. 
this guy Matt has been maximizing talent for years and nobody cares. <laughs> I'm just yeah. like, what in the world are we talking about? He's a great scheme guy. He understands matchups. He gets his team to play phenomenal defense. He understands ball movement, passing. They have, you know, belief in three point shooting. This guy is phenomenal and gets no credit for it. And it's just amazing to watch. Yeah. That's, that's like the best. I've heard it's somebody speak about Nick Nurse in a while. <laughs> because it's true, though. He's really yeah. has won a ring and then has continuously been disrespected since. Yes. Yep. <clears throat> to be able to maximize the way that he has. I mean, Pascal Siakam, for one. I'm going to go there. You know, like yes. the guy who was like second round pick. Nobody really wanted him. Couldn't <laughs> really handle round. coming in the league. Couldn't do anything that that well, and now look at him, twenty five, and he was yes. he was dropping like he had like thirty point games, yes. stuff like that. Like literally was the was he should have been moving into being the face of the franchise, but they didn't want to do that. Why? I don't, I don't even think he made the All Star team. That's what I'm saying. Snub after snub after snub. Yeah. And then you have Fred Van Vliet, who was undrafted. Yes. Yes. Undrafted. Let's talk about that. I think that's the biggest thing. Fred Van Vliet was undrafted. Mm-hmm. Nobody knew who he was. Yeah. They pair him with they, you know, they draft they um trade for Kawhi. I mean no Kawhi, yeah, they trade for Kawhi. Yeah. He leaves the Spurs, comes to the Toronto Raptors, they pair him next to each other, and that team explodes and becomes a whole different team under yeah. Nick Nurse's leadership. Completely yes. a different team. Fred Van Vliet becomes a different player. Now he yes. looks like he could be the face of the franchise. Yeah. Or, or a close second. And yeah. now he's going to be paid what a hundred something million dollars in hundred and twenty something like that for three years, forty million <laughs> from, a year, from undrafted mm-hmm. to one hundred twenty million. Yeah, <laughs> and Nurse ner- gets potential? zero credit. <laughs> zero credit for that. Yeah, and then Scotty Barnes. I mean, like I've always seen. I never seen him as a true like a scoring guy. I've always seen him as a high defensive guy. So like you already know what you're pretty much gonna get yeah. out of Scotty, in my opinion. So like, it, it, I mean, like even with what he was able to accomplish, I mean, I feel like the big problem we have here in Toronto is was not Nick Nurse, fit. but it's more so front office and fit. Yes, um, because they're forcing something. The credit went to the wrong work. person. It, <laughs> truly, it, yeah. everybody was like Masai Ujiri. No, it should have been Nick Nurse. <laughs> yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. And, like, defensively, like I said, they have all the tools defensively to defend yeah. very well. I mean, they had Fred Van Vliet. They had Scotty Barnes, who, I, like I said, I've always thought of him more as a defender than anything. Yeah. Pascal Siakam, who's long. He's created this game. I think we talked about this probably not recently. I think it might have been a year ago or whatever. When we talked about how Toronto Raptors is built, how it was, like, they're so long. They're mm-hmm. so tall. Every, all of them are, like, 6'8", 6'7", 6'6", at the shortest probably. And they all defend very well, and they just kind of yeah. just make it very tough on teams because no other team has that kind of height, you know, built like one through five, and then you know one through twelve all the way down. So it's like crazy. I think they even had Corey Joseph at one point. Yeah, maximized him. <laughs> I mean, they literally had the worst starting two guard in the league the last year, Gary Trent. Yeah. Gary Trent was their two guard. Okay, <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> I'm who? You, Nick, 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 <laughs> I, I, I was just like, who? But no, um, <laughs> Nick, Nick Nurse is definitely needs deserves his flower. He's one of those coaches that needs to be respected more. Yes. Because that team would not be what it is without Nick Nurse, and we're going to see that this year. Uh, yeah. 
I expect them to fall off a cliff this year, honestly. No Fred Van Fleet, not touching 40 wins. Maybe 35. 35. I'll say 35. 32, 33. Yeah, because they keep trying to trade Pascal Siakam away, and I don't know why. <laughs> yeah. Are you ready to kick it to the next team? You got something else to say? No, let's go. All right, the next team up that we're going to talk about last year's team talent is the Philadelphia 70s. Now, Phoenix Suns. Phoenix Suns got offensive talent of 100. I mean, when you have KD, Devin Booker, CB3, DeAndre Ayton, Cameron Artis Payne, uh, it's pretty easy to walk your way into 100 there. Defensively, talent-wise, I gave them an 80. Um, they still did have Josh Okogi. CP3 may not be like the world-class on but default defender he used to be, but he's still ridiculously smart defensively. Uh, and then you add on, so they had some long wings I can't think of off the top of my head off the bench. Uh, so then we go into the head coach. The head coach now is Frank Vogel, who gets a 60 def- offensively and the 97 defensively. Um, this is 60 offensively. Oh, Jason, why would you give him a 60 offensively? Well, when he was coaching the Lakers, the third best scorer was Kyle Kuzma. Kyle Kuzma's averaged like 11 a game. Okay, Kyle Kuzma went from pre-Frank Vogel, 16 to 18 a game, post-Frank Vogel, 19 a game. So, you know, that's how bad Frank Vogel is. Frank Vogel is a terrible offensive coach. Only reason why they won that ring was because LeBron James is LeBron James, and that is an offense in its own self. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) So um, that's the only reason why they looked, you know, semi-okay offensively. But, you know, this guy is – Really terrible offensively, but defensively, he's very good. They understand. He understands switchability, understands schemes. He understands versatility. He understands how to break down other teams' matchups. He understands X and O's. He understands where to place things. You know, he's he's very good. You know, AD was super switchable with Frank Vogel, and that was the best defensive AD we've seen with the Lakers. So, you know, I that they were just really tough defensively, and they had Dwight Howard and JaVale McGee, and they just – it was, they were really edgy and really tough. So, you know, he's a very good defensive coach. So what do you think about that, Chris, talking about those those two things? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So offensively, I think he's terrible. I think that, yeah. you know, truly he couldn't teach offense if it's to save his life. Um, yes. <clears throat> it's just he really, he really got carried off of talent offensively. Um, you know, LeBron James, Anthony – I mean, Anthony Davis, I mean – you know what you're going to get, especially when Anthony yeah. Davis was playing at that at that level then, and I would yeah. like to see him go back to that level. But he was playing at a high level then, mm-hmm. um, so that it, I don't think we should talk too much about offense. But defensively, that's where he truly shined. I mean, I think True. they had the number one defense that I year. Like so it was too. something yeah. crazy, like to get everybody to play defense. I mean, they were trapping everything. You know yeah. what I mean? Getting so many stops. Caruso was being used to the best of his abilities. Yeah. I mean, because he's a he's a great defensively. Yeah. Javale McGee, Dwight Howard. Dwight Howard was giving Jokic the business. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, True. like. Yeah. It was crazy that it was so many different defensive schemes, so many switches, you know, switching yeah. everything, really maximizing the talent defensively. So I would give him high praise for his defense, but his, his offense, I would I would give him nothing because he, he's not good offensively at all. No. But defensively, he's a great coach. <laughs> yeah. Time to agree with him more, man. Are you ready to kick it to the next one? Yeah, let's go. All right, the Portland Trailblazers, team talent-wise, I gave them 88 last year. Defensively, I gave them 68. 88 is pretty obvious. Dame Lillard, Anthony Simmons, Jeremy Grant, Joseph Nurchik, right? I mean, Shaden Sharp. 
they had some talent there. Defensively, though, you know, you got Josh Hart, Matisse Seibel, and nothing else. <laughs> um, so that's why they get 68 defensively. Um, Chauncey Billups, though, offensively, 89. I mean, this guy did a really good job of using Dame the way he did, pairing him with Anthony Simmons, who Anthony Simmons was like, okay, if there was no Damian Lillard and there was no uh, Scoot Henderson, Anthony Simmons would be a point guard. Right, like he he's he's a modern point guard. So to get Chauncey to get both of those guys working well together, um, was extremely impressive. Jeremy Grant had a really great year underneath Chauncey Billups. I mean, Jeremy Grant like averaged twenty three a game. Like he was doing really well. Um, you know what I mean? And then you add uh, defensively, he gets a ninety two because man, schematically were they good? They did a great job of stopping corner threes it was everybody's putting in a hundred percent effort it was really special to watch they moved so well they switched so well they understood matchups they understood the way the other team's going to try to attack them it was special coaching they just don't have talent defensively and it's sad but you know chauncey billups the record of the portland chancellors portland trailblazers does not match the coach at all uh, this guy needs to be the guy there for the next five years i mean I really hope that they don't get caught up in trying to get in a new coach because no game. So, uh, yeah, what do you think about that, Chris? Oh, yeah, Chauncey Billups is definitely – I think that the, the talent, you know, did not quite match, you know what I mean, the coach per se. Yeah. Because, <clears throat> but offensively, they were great. You know what I mean? You have Dame, you have Anthony Simons, you got Jeremy Grant. I mean, for Anthony, Anthony Simons to take such yeah. a leap, I mean, like he was making leaps and he was making leaps like years prior. But, like, for now, like I, he's True. looking like – great right now and that's that's something that can be attributed yeah. to coaching um i mean dame's gonna be dame jeremy grant you know the offensive schemes are able to run and things like that <clears throat> and everything looks great you know offensively defensively chauncey billups came from one of the best defensive teams in nba True. history yep. I mean, so like yes it's just that he just didn't have anybody who he could like scheme who can create a scheme yeah. with but he still was able he still was able to make something happen out of what he had yes i mean they had josh hart for a little bit i mean yeah. and that's when the defense was the best and then they traded yeah. away josh hart he was like now what do i have and he still is matisse Thibault, but he can't shoot yeah it's tough <laughs> yeah. yeah so it's like he's like what do i have now like yeah so he still was able to maximize them defensively as well i mean to get you know I think that once Dame leaves, he will really truly be able to take the full reins of the Portland Trailblazers completely and like kind of be able to maybe maneuver a little bit. Maybe yeah. if the GMs can kind of get some defensive talent back. He he can make that team better, a lot better than what it is. Somebody that could be good, a good defender in the future is Scoot Henderson. Like That's him true. with Chauncey because Scoot's, Scoot's like jaw where he does take possessions off and he was a little more raw defensively, but – a great a talent like that going to Chauncey. That's that could be yeah. he could be a really good guard defender in the future. Yeah, that's true. That's true. That's true. Who better to learn from? So <laughs> yeah, <I'm> Chauncey. <laughs> right, yeah. Chauncey. Yeah. Are right, you ready to kick it to the next team? Mm-hmm. All right. The next one's going to be the team that shocked the world last year, the Sacramento Kings. Um, Team talent-wise, offensively, give him a 93. I mean, De'Aaron Fox, Malik Monk, DeMontis Abonis, did Kevin Herder, Harrison Barnes, Keegan Murray, Trey, uh, Trey, that really long 6'10 power forward that they bring off the bench that shoots. Trey Lyles. Trey Lyles, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Um, tons of bench talent. Davion Mitchell. 
And then defensively, you know what I mean? I gave them an 80 and 84 defensively because, I mean, Don Montes Sabonis is not naturally a good defender. De'Aaron Fox is not known to be a good defender. Kevin Herter is a little tight, you know what I mean? Malik Monk's not a good defender. Davion Mitchell is, but, you know, Harrison Barnes isn't athletically good enough defender yet, but Keegan Murray has a good body to become a good defender, but he was a rookie, right? Trey Lyles can't guard the wing, right? So, you know, not a ton of talent there defensively. Mike Brown, though, gets a 98 offensively and a 99 defensively. You know, Mike Brown is the story that everybody wants Frank Vogel to be, uh, that guy that used to be a phenomenal defensive coach, but then hits the offensive side of it too. I mean, he gets a 98 offensively because the Golden State Warriors off-ball movement offense, baby, that was basically the principles. They, it's a little different, but it, it's the same principles of movement, passing, believing the value of the pass, believing the movement, off-ball movement. You know, the dribble handoffs with Kevin Herter and DeMontis Sabonis that nobody wanted to see. The way that Malik Monk was stepped up in the playoffs and Darian Fox, you know, stepping up, being more consistent offensively, choosing when to shoot, much more better shot selection, the best way I could put it. You know what I mean? And DeMontis Sabonis use and the way he used shooting and the, how dominant they were at the three-point line and the spacing of it all it was just poetry in motion. And Mike Brown gets a 99 because – if I, te- if I said how good was the Sacramento Kings defense last year, you'd say like a 92, 93, and I said the talent was an 84. Okay, well, it makes sense why Mike Brown was Mike Brown. I mean, did you see yeah. De'Aaron Fox running around, chasing around Steph Curry? He would have never done that any year previously in his career because he wasn't known as a defender. But now De'Aaron Fox is a good defender. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like the best version of Malik Monk defensively was him. Best version of Kevin Herter defensively was him. I've never seen DeMontis Sabonis move like that in my life. I, don't know, I think they trimmed some pounds off of him, like maybe five to ten pounds, and I think really added to his feet being able to move better. You know what I mean? Keegan Murray was probably the best defender he could have been year one because he was really valuable as their main wing defender. Uh, you know what I mean? So it was special Mike, what Mike Brown did last year, and <laughs> there was so much fun to watch. So uh, what do you think, Chris? Yeah. Yeah, he's being under, um, you know, he really just used that Golden State offense, you know, yes. to the best of his, to the, like, and, like, and it's so crazy that. The remix. The, the Golden State he Warriors never, offense he, remix. He, he, <laughs> he, 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 he looked at his yeah. personnel. He was like, okay, you fit here, you fit here. Yeah. You do this, you do that, and it mm. worked. It's just crazy that that offense is so malleable. I guess you could yeah. say that's, the best, that's a good word. Good malleable. word. Yeah. It's so malleable because it's like you could just fit anybody in there, and then it yeah. absolutely works. And that's, that's that's and that's great coaching to be able to get some people to buy into an offense that beats everybody that yes. they have probably lost to before. You're yeah. like, we're gonna run the exact same thing you're running. Golden <laughs> <laughs> was like, this fucking sucks. <laughs> I never. Had... <laughs> Oh, I'm just gonna run the same thing that you're running, and you can't do anything to stop it because I can't yeah. stop it when you run it. <laughs> <laughs> That's, That's so true. What happened. <laughs> That's what happened. Oh, 
yeah. so offensively he gets high marks for me because he was able to take their offense you yes. know what i mean because he's not just a he's not he wasn't just under Kerr. he was also under pop at one point take those two yeah brilliant minds coaching and put them in, in like you know take as and absorb as much you know knowledge yeah. from them both as possible and create an offense that fit his team perfectly yes like to get and they bought into it yeah. and they ran it like nobody else yeah. and defensively to get those guys who probably wouldn't have defended before who was De'Aaron Fox was more so like a one-way yes. player. He would only score a lot. He was yes. really being really quick, really quick. Yeah. But his nickname was Swipe Us. So I'm like, why are you not yeah. getting steals? But it's like, <laughs> now he is. <laughs> now he is. Now he is. Yeah. Now he is. It yeah. definitely has maximized the potential of every yeah. player on that court. Kevin Herter in Atlanta wasn't who he was defensively. But yeah. Mike Brown has maximize the potential of every player on that court defensively yeah. to what to, to the and have became and they have became the best version of themselves defensively yeah defensively not only do they fit into the system offensively but now they mm-hmm. even fit into the system defensively and this yeah. is the coach for the sacramento kings i can't believe i'm saying this for the foreseeable future you should not get rid of him ever nope. because you have done some dumb things in the past sacramento i have not forgotten what you did to boogie <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah. I mean, this has got to be one of your favorite teams. Honestly, he took Darren Fox from an okay guy to like, man, is Darren Fox better than Trey Young and John Moran? <laughs> right? Like, like I honestly think Darren Fox now is better than Trey Young and John Moran. It's all because of the defensive side of the basketball. Mm. And we know he can drop twenty eight and eight offensively, yeah. right? So really efficiently. So. Man, he he made Darren Fox from a star to a superstar in one year. Incredible. All right, you ready to kick the next scene? Let's go. All right, from one great coaching talent to the godfather of coaching talents, the San Antonio Spurs is who we have next. Team talent-wise, I gave him a 73. Defensively, I gave team talent-wise a 72. Nothing crazy here. We all know they suck. Talent-wise, <laughs> yeah. uh, Greg Popovich is 100 offensively, 100 defensively. Wow, who knew yeah. that was coming? Um, this team would have 10 wins a season for the past five years. It was with Greg Popovich. Um, yeah. They use off-ball movement so well. They Whatever talent they do have, they use Keldon Johnson, Mikhail Branham, uh, Daniel, Devin Vassell, you know what I mean? All this off-ball movement that's really boring to watch, but they play great defense, team defense, schemes, all that type of stuff. I don't need to talk too much about why Greg Popovich is a phenomenal coach. I feel like everybody understands this. So, uh, Chris, yeah. what do you got to say? I, I feel like I didn't talk about either. I mean, yeah. I go back years and talk about the – my favorite memory of the Spurs, yeah. even though it's a terrible memory and I don't like remembering it, but yeah. it was so beautiful to watch was mm-hmm. – was when they played the Cavs. Yeah. And the way they moved the ball. Yes. Ball movement, baby. Every shot was an open shot. Mm-hmm. Great shot selection. Us. We got mm-hmm. great shot selection. But even now, I mean, like, <clears throat> if it wasn't for Pop, based on the talent that they have, they have not had a true definitive star. Since the Jante Murray? Yeah. Since, I mean, the Jante Murray. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, not a star. Yeah. <laughs> a borderline all-star. Yeah. Borderline, borderline, yeah. but now yeah. they have Wimby. Yeah. So, like, they finally have a star, and you put in that to pop. Perfect. They haven't yeah. had a star in a long time. So, for them to still be, I mean, they're not playoff contenders anymore, not by a long shot, but <laughs> at least they're still hanging in there. Yeah. They're not losing every game. So, yeah. that's nothing but a testament to Coach Pop and True. how he's able to maximize the limited talent that he has mm-hmm. to be good enough to win a game. Agreed. Agreed. 
All right, you ready to kick in the next one? Let's go. All right, next team up is the Toronto Raptors. Sadly, their coach is no longer there, so we can't talk about the coach. But the team-wise, team talent-wise for the Toronto Raptors, gave them offensively a 77 last year. Um, you know, Pascal, Fred Van Fleet, Gary Trent sucks. You know, which you know, the new B, Scotty Barnes, Yoko Pearl, nothing crazy. Defensive talent wise, I gave him 85, though. Pascal, he's Scotty, OG. Um, you know, Christian Coloco was becoming that, but Yoko Pearl's a really bad defender. Fred Van Fleet's just never going to be a good defender due to the athletic restraints. Gary Trent can't really defend, so that's why they're averaging out 85. Their new coach has never coached before, so we can't really talk about him. Darko Rajadovic, tough name. So you want to go ahead and kick it to the next team, or do you have anything you want to say on the Toronto? Yeah, let's go. Okay. So the next team up is the Utah Jazz, a really good surprise team. Um, mm-hmm. Offensive talent, team talent-wise, they gave them a 76. And defensively talent-wise, they gave them a 73. You know, Bari, all their bench players, Colin Sexton, there's so many guys on that team that are just pretty good. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And often, and their head coach is Will Hardy. I gave this offense a 96, a defense uh, an 82. I mean, the way that they had such a great passing system, the ball moved so well, everybody was unselfish. The the maximization of Lori Markinen before we nobody really even believed Lori could ever be that right and uh, True, yeah. he did a hell of a job year one. This guy, they they hit a gold mine with this guy as a new head coach. Um, that he's so young too, so he's going to be their future head coach for the rest of the time. And he gets eighty two defensively because they have that one kid from Auburn that I can't think of his name right now. They drafted. But they really do a great job of forcing everything to him, the maximization of the talent there. They play much better defense than what the talent is. So, you know, that's why I'm getting 82. So what do you think about that, Chris? Yeah, without a doubt. You saw definitely surprised me. Yes. So I'll, I'll give him his flowers for sure. Yeah. Because <clears throat> after losing Norman Mitchell, Rudy Gobert, Julian, yeah. I was like, this team is going to suck. They're going to lose every game. I mean, like they don't yeah. have anybody, and I was shut up very quickly because as yeah. soon as they play the game, and you and you see that score, and you're like, man, like Lori's doing this. Yes. <laughs> nobody Jordan believed Clarkson in that first what? too. Yeah. <laughs> no, nobody yeah. believed Jory Clarkson is doing what? Yeah. Mm-hmm. True. What I mean, like offensively, like this is he's gonna he's a young coach, so he's gonna be with them for a long time, and they should not get rid of him no. anytime soon. Like, don't let. Yeah. Don't let the fact that you're not winning, that you haven't been to the playoffs, or if you go to the playoffs and you lose, don't let that deter you because this is the guy that you want continuously coaching this team. You want them to grow along with this coach because he is doing such a phenomenal job with them. You're one to turn Mm -hmm. for them to go, for them to even pull out a one seed with no star is ridiculous. I mean, they didn't finish with a one seed, but they had a one seed at some point in the season. I remember that because I was shocked. Yeah. They went on like a crazy win streak mm-hmm. right after they did all the trades. They were yeah. like, and they were a one seed to even yeah. pull out a one seed. I mean, that's huge. I, I you know, I'm excited to see what they look like next year. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, you know, you have what you have defensively. I mean, you have some great personnel defensively. I think Colin Sexton is a pretty decent defender. Yeah. I remember watching him in college and high school. Um, yeah. So I mean, yeah, I, I will give him good marks on on defense and offense as well. But I just think that this is the guy. To stay with the Utah Jazz, and I can't wait to watch the Utah Jazz next year. Yeah, me too. What he was able to do this year. Alrighty, you ready to kick it to the last team we're going to talk about today? Sure. All right, a team that's perennially had a bad coach. I think they've had the longest streak of having not at least an aver- above average coach in the NBA. Washington Wizards. 
team talent wise, offensively they gave him an eighty three, defensively they gave him a seventy three. Bradley Beal, Kyle Kuzma, uh, Danny Adavia. Man, that team's tough yeah. to think about. It makes my brain think about wanting to just change the channel. Defensively, yeah. they gave us 73. Not a ton of talent there. Wes Unseld, their head coach, who most people probably don't know, is a head coach. Wes Unseld's like grandson or son gets offensively gets 79 and defensively 72. It does nothing special. There's nothing unique going on here. It's just average pick and roll running. Bradley Bill's also gone downhill since he's become the coach, so I'm not going to give him a ton of credit. He went from, like, 28, 30 a game. Wes Ansel gets there, 25, 22. So, you know, here we are, uh, 73 defensively because he does nothing special. This is a good example of a very below average NBA head coach. I'm very surprised that they didn't fire him and hire Mike Boonholzer, but that's just me. Um, so, yeah, what do you think about that, Chris? Yeah, you had they had Christos Porzingis. Brad yeah, Michael, that's right. Kyle mm-hmm. Kuzma, Forgot about him for a second. Yeah, yeah, they had a decent squad, and they yeah. just did not. They were not able to do anything. Absolutely yes. nothing. No wonder Bradley Bill wanted out. Yeah, um, true. It's, it's the coaching. Yeah. It's the coaching. It's the coaching. You get tired of losing. Um, I mean, I will say this. I, I mean, from Kyle Kuzma leaving the Lakers and. <laughs> Not and I'm wanting him off the Lakers to him going to the Washington Wizards and being a better player. Yeah, <laughs> I, I see the correlation, but I can't think I can attribute that to the coach because I haven't seen anything since. I haven't yeah. seen any true growth besides like that one instance. And it's more Frank Vogel's fault than anything else. Yeah, yeah, right. So, so I can't yeah. really like accredit him with that, but yeah. I mean, it's it's nothing to it's like they run basic offense, pick yeah. and roll. It's it's nothing. It's not is really nothing that you can really say too much about um, defensively. I mean, they're functional, so uh, yeah, yeah. I, I'm surprised he didn't fire Already? Mike Budenholzer. Well, does there's have uh, that, um, nobody on the list. So, is there anything else you want to say, Chris? Oh, okay, sounds good. Well, uh, you know, thank you guys for listening to the podcast. It's going to be the end of the podcast next week. We're going to have something new and intriguing fun for you guys. Everything that we're going to talk about um, this offseason is going to be regular season type stuff. powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.